We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Rob Doster here for The Field of 60. Today, we are bringing you another episode in our Off the Carousel series, where we will be joined by each and every new head coach to the Division I ranks. There are almost 60 of them. We're going to be rolling these out a couple of days throughout the month of May and the month of June, so make sure that you subscribe to the channel. And if you like this interview, don't be afraid to tap that like button. That stuff really does help our channel and help our presence on YouTube. It helps more people like you find this content. And since I have you guys here, make sure that you check out our Instagram and TikTok pages. We are going to be pumping out more unique content over there throughout the summer heading into next season. Like, for example, did you know that Penny Hardaway was shot when he was a player in college? I bet you didn't know that. There are more stories like that on those pages. The links are in the description below. So now, without further ado, let's get into another edition of Off the Carousel. Welcome back to uh, Field of 68's Off the Carousel. I'm Kevin Sweeney here, and I'm joined by new uh, Fairleigh Dickinson head coach, Tobin Anderson. Uh, coach, uh, thanks for taking the time. Of course, Kev. Great to be here. Uh, so, so Coach Anderson is one of the latest uh, new coaches of the cycle. He kind of got, got to start late, but here he is. He comes in uh, from a Division II program in St. Thomas Aquinas uh, that has become one of the most successful in Division II before obviously making this jump now uh, to FDU in Division I basketball. So, I guess my first question for you is what, what should fans know about that level of D2 basketball, high level D2 basketball? I don't, I don't think people understand just how good the basketball is <laughs> at the division two level. Now I'm going to be very biased of course, because I was there for nine years. So I'm, I'm going to tell you that uh, well, the last time we played a division one team, we beat St. John's by 30. And that was like six years ago. So we, we, we've had success there. I mean, in, in our league, Merrimack, Merrimack was a good division two team, went the, to the NEC, won the conference the first year. So I mean, I think the top 30, 40 teams in Division Two can compete against anybody um, low to mid-major Division One. I. I mean, the talent's fairly similar. We're all offering scholarships. The coaching is excellent. There's some really good coaches in Division Two, just like Division Three. All levels are just like high school. There's all levels of coaching. There's really good coaches. So, um, yeah, I think I think it's a it's a it's a very high level. And you know, this is this is going to be you know this from a standpoint of. Every night's going to be a little bit tougher. There's there's some tight nights in Division Two. If you were really good, you didn't have to be at your best. That'll change a little bit here, obviously. But no, it's it's a uh, it's I, and I loved it. I loved I loved coaching at Stack. I loved being in Division Two that level. But I'm very excited about this this move. 
so I assume once you beat St. John's by 30, there, there weren't a lot of other D1 teams that were interested in playing you again. You know, that was my last guarantee game. So, of course, we, you know, we, we played some guarantee games here. The last time that we got a paycheck for playing a game, but we actually won that game. So, um, yeah, that was, that was the last time we got, we, we got a guarantee game. <laughs> uh, so, so you in general, though, I mean, it, it goes beyond stack. You've been a head coach at, at the Division three level, you know, throughout your journey. I think so many guys coming up in the business, like, how can I become, you know, a D1 assistant? How can I become a high major assistant? How can I move up? your path has been a little bit different. You've only spent a little bit of time in division one, a ton of time, you know, being a head coach in D two, a head coach in, in, in division three. Um, why, like, well, why, why did you want to go that route in, in your career? Yeah, that's a great question. So, so when I was younger, you know, Howard Garfinkel, the five-star camp was, was big on, if you want to be a, a great coach, go be a head coach. Like if you're a head coach, you learn, you learn more about being a head coach. And I firmly believe that I think, cause you screw up, you make mistakes, you, you, you're, you're calling the shots and things don't go well. And you got to kind of, you know, figure it out yourself a little bit. And so I think from that standpoint, and then once you become a head coach, it's not easy to go back and be an assistant because you've kind of, you've kind of been in charge. So it's like, and I, I've, I've always enjoyed that. So I, I think that path to me, to me, to be a great head coach, I've always thought learning by being a head coach, lower level, working your way up, doing it that way. Now, a lot of um, other people don't agree with that. A lot of people who maybe make the hiring process don't necessarily agree with that. So I'm lucky to have people here at FDU that do support that and wanted to, one of a head coach who's had success and and done well. So I mean, listen, there's a lot of ways to do it. I'm not saying that this is right or what's what's right or what's wrong. I love being a head coach. Like, I've loved that. I've loved it. I've been a head coach as my fourth, fourth college. It's been a great journey for me. So you know, that's my that's my way that we're doing. It. I think I'm prepared more coming here. You know, someone said it was an out of the box hire. I'm like, I'm not sure it's an out of the box hire. I mean, like I've I've, I've ran like 10,000 practices. I've I've had I've coached. I, don't, I mean, 600 games. Like it's I, I feel like I'm not unprepared for this. I mean, I, the first time I blew the whistle uh, three days ago was like, all right, you know, here we go. It's what we do. I mean, I, I know, I know what walking in here, we kind of know how we want to play, how we want to do things, the culture we're trying to build. I'm not like, you know, trying to find my way for the most part. So, so I saw a Twitter thread going around and it was all these coaches talking about their first job in coaching and what it was like, how much money they made, you know, what, what are they, what were they doing? What, what was your first job in coaching and what did it look like? And, and take me through that your year, your first year as a, as a college basketball coach. Yeah. So I was an assistant coach at Clarkson university with Walt, Walt Townsend was my boss. Walt Townsend recruited me when he was at Dartmouth as an assistant. I was, I was a player and I, I couldn't play at Dartmouth. Like he knew that. I knew that too. So lucky enough, he hired me to, to be assistant at Clarkson, make it out like $3,000 living in a dorm. Um, Potsdam, New York is, is not the end of the world, but you can see the end of the world from Potsdam, New York. It's like right on the verge of the end of the world. So, I mean, it snowed like I had a recruit up there one time. It was like May 6th. Remember, about right today, let's say, let's say it was, it was like the, and it snowed like two feet. The kid got stranded. And he's like, yeah, coach, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do this. It's, I'm not, I'm not coming here. So yeah, I was in the middle of nowhere, making no money, living in a dorm, but man, I, it, was, it was awesome. Like it was like, I was with Walt, you know, Walt was a great guy and, and, I, and I learned a ton learn how to recruit. I mean, when you're, when you're in Potsdam, New York and the nearest interstate's three hours away, like you learn how to recruit because it's like, kids are like, no, man, I'm not, I'm not coming here no matter what. And you had to, you know, you had to recruit a hundred guys to get one of them. But it was, um, it was an experience, but I would never, never, wouldn't, wouldn't change it for a world in the world. You know, when you're, when you're working your way up through, through those levels, was there ever a point where you wondered, would you ever get this, you know, division one head coaching opportunity? Was there ever a point in your career? And what were the emotions like when you finally realized, okay, I'm a division one coach now. I've kind of climbed the ladder where everyone wants to be. Yeah. Yeah. What's funny is when I went from division three to division two with Dave Paulson to Lemoyne, he said, Hey, I got, 
I, he's like, you know, I'm going to offer you the job. I'm like, oh, this would be great. I'm going to make a lot more money. Well, actually, my, my pay cut was cut in half. So I just made <laughs> half the money from Division three, Division two. I, I cut my salary in half, which is not the way it's supposed to go, right? So, um, oh, yeah, I mean, you're always like wondering what's going to happen, how things are going to end up. And there's struggles along the way. I know this. I came to a certain point where I'm like, you know, I'm happy. I'm happy. If, if, if it doesn't happen for me, I'm happy where I'm at. We're winning games. We're, we're competing for championships. So if it doesn't happen, I'll, I'll be here and I'll be, I'll be fine. But I think a new challenge, a new opportunity, something different, a different level is always going to be um, enticing for you. And I'm looking forward to the challenge. I think the challenge of something new is, is good. But um, yeah, there's always, you question things all the time when you're coaching. That's just, part, that's just part of life, you know. But this is great for me. Like, for example, when I'm not moving, man, how many, I'm sure the guys you're talking to, there's very, I'm probably the only guy who doesn't have to move for my new job. So like the commute's like 20 minutes away. So my family, my, my, my kids couldn't be happier. The fact that we're not, changing schools and you know guys who have, have kids know that that's like a huge thing so uh i told my kids the first night we're, we're you know i got a new job my, my wife and i did and they were both started crying they both started just like just boom you know water works the whole thing and we're like well but we're not moving and then that was like the best thing ever so it's um that's one that there's no one you're talking to who's not i don't think who's not moving for, uh, unless you're getting getting promoted to a new job so that's crazy I love it. I love it. So, so other than not having to move and not having to find a new school for your kids, like what, what about FDU really excites you? Why, why is this the next place in your coaching journey? Well, a couple of things. I think first of all, the location's fantastic. I mean, we're right in the center of, you know, everything of center, center of, of basketball. You could, you could throw a, you could throw a football and, and get to, to all the high schools in the, the area here where you can recruit great players. You're right outside New York city, right? So there's that location makes it ideal for um, recruiting. The people here are tremendous. It feels like it feels a little bit like St. Thomas Aquinas to me, like a, just a bigger, bigger university, more resources, but like the same kind of family atmosphere. People have been great so far. They have one. They have one. They mean, you know, Greg Corrina did a nice job, got in the NCAA tournament two of the last nine years. They've had success with Tom Green when he was here. So they have had success here. The facilities are good. It's a very competitive conference. I think there's no big dogs in the conference right now. There's a lot of good teams, a lot of really good coaches. So, but I think it's wide open. I think it's, I think from that standpoint, I don't feel like we're, it's going to have to take us um, five years to be competitive. I think we can be competitive. Um, it's going to take some time, obviously, but I think it's a competitive conference and you always want to have a chance to win. And winning is fun, man. Winning is, is the whole thing. And so my, my, my son said, Dad, I, I really like winning. And I said, well, I, I like winning too. So we, we got to keep, we got to try to find a way to keep, keep on winning. So that's the, that's the goal. So if I didn't think we could win here and be successful, I, I would have stayed at stack and keep winning a lot of games. So, um, there's a lot of things in place to be seen. The campus shows itself well. The facility shows itself well. It's um, in the heart of the area. So I think there's a lot of great, great things going on here. So, so I look at your roster at Stack from last year, and I'm like, all right, there's kids from Venezuela, kids from Greece, kids from Africa, you yep. kids from the South, kids from the Midwest. You've got New York yep. kids, right? you got everything. Yep. You know, how do you view roster building in, in this day and age? And what's your vision for that at a place like FDU? And Kevin, you, you know, you know me pretty well, which is, which is a good thing. So it's like, you know, we, we're going to go find the guys, the best guys we can find, no matter where, the, where that's at. Like, obviously it's great to find guys locally. That'd be, that's the ideal situation to find a guy in your backyard. We've had a lot of local kids for the past, you know, the, the guys in New York, New York city, New Jersey, the whole area. So that's the first thing we love to keep, keep kids home and do a great job here, but we're going to go find guys who fit our system, fit our culture. Want guys who love basketball, want to get better, want to improve, want to be part of something bigger than themselves. Um, you know, put in the hard work, the commitment, all that stuff it takes to, to, to win. So it, we're going to find those guys, whether it's half an hour away or whether it's um, in Venezuela somewhere, we're going to find guys who we think fit 
what we're trying to do. You can't compromise that. So, you know, yeah, I mean, obviously people with all this stuff going on, the transfer portal and that kind of stuff. I mean, I still think the foundation of your program has to be guys who are four-year guys, but you got to plug in some holes at, at, at times and we have some holes to plug in. So we'll look in all different directions. That's I've always, I've always done that. We've had transfers. We had, we've had Juco transfers. We've had four-year guys, but I still think the foundation has to be guys who are there over the course of time. I, re- I really believe that. And, and we're not going to, Listen, you, you can't. I'm not naive enough to close my eyes to anything. So all options are on the table, but we're going to find the best guys. Who, the most important thing is find guys who fit. Don't settle for something that doesn't fit. Find guys who fit um, how you want to play and what you want to do. When you look back at your time at, at Stack, how you guys were so successful, is there one thing in particular that you're really proud of about what you guys were able to accomplish there? I mean, I think the sustained success. I mean, I think that's the thing. Was like, it's like you know, you can have a great team once in a while, but the chance of, to be good every year. Like, we won twenty-five plus games for six straight years. Like, that's hard to do. And like, you get you get complacent sometimes, or guys take things for granted, or you feel like, well, this is becoming easy. Our guys didn't do that. We always we had a chip on our shoulder all the time. Wanted to keep on winning. We won, we, you know, seven straight NCAA tournaments. Like, I think we're one of only like ten or twelve schools at Division One, two II, or three to go to seven straight NCAA tournaments. Um, the last those those years. So it's like. To be able to do that every year is hard. You know, a lot of teams have a great year, then they, they fall. We, slip, we, we lost some great players and still found a way to make it happen to win games. And so that's what we want to do here is, is get that sustained success and be able to compete. You can't win it every year, but if you can be in contention every year, um, it gives you a chance. All right. Last question for you. It's a fun one. You just had your, your introductory press conference you know, a couple of days ago. So uh, let me ask you this. I know Jordan Sperber, Hoop Vision, he always puts out these videos of, oh, you say the culture, or you say the spirit to play fast, whatever. Were you worried going into the press conference? You're going to get, you get memed. Like what, what, what was the first press conference like? <laughs> yeah. Cause somebody, people told me that it's like, you're in it. Well, here's the thing, right? Everybody says they're going to play fast. I'm like, and I, we did some recruiting too. Like, well, just go look at our numbers. That's one thing when you've been a head coach, like, all right, well, like look at what we've done. Like go, go back through our, or the record book. You can see our scores. We, we, we played St. John's. We turned them over 28 times because we, we press all the time. So we're going to press, we're going to run. Now, you know, obviously you gotta, you gotta ease yourself into it. Like if we can't press for 40 minutes next year, we're not going to press for 40 minutes. We'll, we'll figure out a way to, to, uh, to be competitive. But yeah, I thought, I thought about that. I'm like, well, here he is another coach going to say he's going to play fast. I'm like, well, we're going to play fast. Cause we always, that's how, it's how we do things. So that at least I have some um, statistics to back it up, you know? I love it. Well, uh, that was Tobin Anderson, the new head coach at uh, Fairleigh Dickinson. Uh, Coach, good luck, and uh, looking forward to watching you guys this season. Thanks, Tobin.